Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. This is episode number 89, little verse by verse with Rick Maynard. So let's welcome Rick Maynard into the show. How's it going, Rick? It's good. That's right. He's here ready to go as always. Shake and bake. Rick Maynard taking us through the word of God. We're in 1 Kings chapter 3 today, so get there. We're going to dive in in just a second. But thanks for listening to the Grace Point Daily Podcast. We exist to bring you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. Listen to us wherever, Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox, wherever you can find us, Spotify, all those places. We really appreciate you guys listening. We hope that this encourages you. So Rick Maynard, we're back at it. We had a little week of uh, VBS Mega Sports Camp last Last week? Yes, a little bit busy last week. You were looking like Rick Barry out there on the basketball court. Uh, yeah, probably if Rick Barry was still <laughs> alive, I would look like Rick Barry at the age he is. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a great time. Lots of fun activity. I'm sure you're busy this summer, and but we thank you that you're taking some time out to just go with us through the Word of God. So let's dive in, Rick. Okay. Chapter 3, 1 Kings 3, 5. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. So uh, I, I, I thought this was good that it says um, during the night in a dream, and I, you know, we all say, man, I wish God gave me dreams and visions and prophetic words and those types of things, but, uh, you know, I'm not so sure sometimes We'd like to have that lovely little thing to tell somebody they're going to be healed or they're going to be prosperous. Or, But, you know, a lot of times prophetic things and dreams were not good news. And uh, I don't know that I want to be the one to have to be the bearer of bad news uh, to people. And uh, But in this case, you know, we can say I'd like to have dreams and things. But you notice what Solomon was doing when this happened. He had just came, come out of uh, sacrificing at the altar. And, you know, if people say, I want a word from God and I want uh, things to happen like that, those miraculous dreams and visions and, and things, but, you know, this happened for him while he was in right relationship with God, while things were going really good in his uh, relationship. And so we need to remember that, you know, if we want God to speak to us, then we need to be in tune. Yeah. We need to know that certain dreams, I have crazy dreams, you know, and but I need to know if I have a dream from God, I need to be in tune enough to know that that's a dream from God. And so, uh, but he says to him, what, what do you want? He asked Solomon, what do you want? And I had to think of this in, in relationship to myself and to most people. Now, if we were to ask that on the podcast and people are, you know, sitting at home, all spiritual and We'd say, oh, I just want a closer walk with God. Or, <laughs> yeah. you know, I just want a better relationship. Or, you know, we get all spiritual. But in reality, if somebody walked up and knocked on your door and said, hey, I'm going to give you anything you want, what would we say? You know, and so there's health and money and fame. And I want a big church. I want knowledge. I want possessions. I want a mate. You know, if somebody's looking for a husband or a wife or. Uh, I want my children to be saved. I want my family to be saved. You know, there's all kinds of things. But God is not a magic lantern. You know, you rub it, you get three wishes or (laughs) or one wish or whatever the case. There's been all kinds of jokes made about, you know, the lantern and what people wish for. But And then it's it's always interesting, and it's one of those things I've told people before we – People will say, 
when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God about this. Yeah. You know, and this would kind of be one of those things is why, if God already knows what we want and he already knows what we're going to ask for, then why do we have to ask? You know, it's, it's just kind of a strange, um, you know, if you know your wife wants flowers, why should she have to ask for flowers? You know, why yeah. wouldn't you just <laughs> get them for her? Because you knew that's what she wanted already. But, um, and uh, you know, I always think of the blind Bartimaeus story because he said, you know, he's sitting along the road blind, yeah. a beggar, and he yells out to Jesus and Jesus turns and says, what do you want? Yep. You know, and I would think, you know, as a, uh, as a blind man sitting by the road, it'd be like, well, duh. I mean, what do I want? I mean, can't you figure out what I want? Right, right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if uh, somebody comes, to, you know, we have a man that comes to the church that's in a wheelchair. I mean, if you're having a healing service and he yep. comes to the front to be prayed for, you know, he could want something else. But you would think probably he was coming because he doesn't want to sit in the wheelchair anymore. Yeah. You know, he wants healing. And so so it's just kind of one of those strange things. Why do we have to ask? But he does want us to ask for whatever reason. So um, verse 6, Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. So, uh, you know, he begins to respond instead of just the question, what is it that you want? Well, I'd like to have a million dollars. Instead of just blurting out a question, he begins with uh, with praise, you know, for what he's done. And I think, you know, that would be a, a great thing for us to stop for a minute and just say, you know, Lord, you've done so much for me. What else is it that I need? You know, after yeah. you've already... And that's what he says. You've showed great kindness. You've continued the kindness. You've given him a son. In other words, you've given him uh, an uh, heir to the throne. I know he's talking about himself, but um, not just a son, but an heir to the throne. So, and and you know, it states there. I mean, in essence, it's not that he earned God's mercy, but he says because he was faithful, because he was righteous, and because he was upright in heart. Yeah. He mentions things about him that are um, good traits. Can I go back for a second, Rick? Yes. I thought it was interesting. In verse 4, uh, it says that he offered a thousand burnt offerings on mm-hmm. the altar. So I think maybe sometimes <laughs> connecting the, this with the whatever you want, that maybe sometimes we kind of get in the mode, too, of like, okay, if I give God this many offerings, right, then I can get what I want. Right. Or our our get our getting what we want from God is based on X, Y, mm-hmm. you know, okay. Come on, Lord. I mean, I know I gave twenty bucks to you last week, but this week I gave a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Now I can really get what I want. Right. Earning earning our <laughs> uh, salvation or earning our way into heaven, basically. And I've you know, we've heard the old thing about Lord, if you'll if you'll bless me and do this for me, I'll pay my tithes. Well, I think it's you know supposed to work the other way around. You pay them here regardless of what, uh, whether he blesses you or not. You continue to pay your tithes. So, yeah. um, you know, he he didn't have to earn it. It was just because of God's mercy that these things. And so he begins this whole thing answering God with uh, praise, and he continues on in verse um, seven. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. 
but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. And he makes that statement, you made me king. It's not, I, would, I didn't win this by the election. I didn't spend more money by uh, politicking to get where I'm at. And he says, uh, I'm only a little child, and, and I, we'll talk about this later, but um, in reference to his age, there's people that think that Solomon was only 12 years old when he became king. Uh, I don't really, that's not a, a, a uh, consensus of commentators, but somebody that's adding up the numbers there says, well, he was only 12 years old, and that's why he says he was a child. But um, I don't believe that. I don't think a child of 12 has the kind of wisdom already to begin to ask for all the things he's asking for. So uh, they say it's more likely that he was probably around 20 years old, which is still not, you know, he sounds like he already has a lot of godly wisdom and, and, uh, but you know, he learned it from David. I mean, with David's mistakes, he still, uh, learned some things, uh, from David. So he's not just a child by age, but in his, uh, knowledge, understanding of wisdom, he admits, you know, I don't know everything. I I'm, I'm new at this in other words. And, and none of us do, you know, whether you're the, the pastor, the teacher, the whatever, you know, I've always said the more I read, the more I study, the more I realize how much I don't know. And I said, uh, you know, when you start thinking you know it all, you just need to go into Barnes and Noble <laughs> and look at all yeah. the books in there. Yep. You know, all the knowledge that's in that place, which is not all the knowledge, but just what's there. I don't know it all. And that's the first uh, guideline of a new leader is to say, I don't know it all. You know, I want wisdom, I want understanding, but I'm going to start off by saying, you know, I'm not perfect and I don't know everything. And people tease me or they'll say, oh, you're the the Bible scholar or whatever. Man, there is so much I don't know. And people ask me a question sometimes like, like I just know where to find every verse, every (laughs) uh, story in the Bible. And it's like, I don't, there's so many names. I don't remember it all. So right. uh, I look over these things before I come in to make sure I refresh myself, <laughs> you know. And the older I get, the harder that is. So, But, uh, but regardless of how old he was, uh, he's admitting that I'm not ready. I need help. So verse 8, your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. Uh, not just great in the number, but uh, the reputation. And he realizes the task at hand. He looks at this, you know, he's following after David. You know, it's, you know, you came in here to this church following a great pastor. Yep. And he came into this church following a great pastor. And that one came into the church following a great pastor. And you don't have to live up to their standards per se, but it still is. There was a great thing that was done before you. And so in a sense, you do, I don't know if that's even the right right word to say, you have to live up to something, but you're following a great man. Yeah. You know? I even was reading that uh, today in the, or yesterday, whatever, in the Word, where Paul was saying, I don't want to go to places where I have to build on someone else's foundation. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. He's like, it's just easier to just kind of do it on your own and right. <laughs> well, follow someone else's work. And I've always said nobody likes change just for the sake of change. But when you see things that, that need to be done and, and a, a pastor's vision and things that come in, then, you know, we just need to to go with the flow and say he's not he's not the guy, you know, Solomon could say, I'm not David. 
you know, I'm not going to do everything exactly like yeah. uh, David did. But uh, but he realizes that he's accountable to God. All the other kings had to answer to somebody else. So other kings were nominated or uh, voted on or whatever. But in this cycle of things with David and with Solomon, they are appointed by God. And in Proverbs 22, 22 and 23, it says, Do not exploit the poor because they are poor, and do not crush the needy in court. For the Lord will take up their case and will plunder those who plunder them. And I think this is a great word for uh, pastors, teachers, evangelists, whoever it may be. This is talking about if you are going to say, and you've said it here, and, and I hope every pastor has said it here, God called me here. So in, in, if you look at this verse here, when, when you make a statement that God called you here, then you don't have to answer to me. If you were voted on, I mean, and you were voted on by the people, mm-hmm. but we still believe it was a process of God's calling. Yep. But in, in that sense, when you make a statement that God called me, it puts you in a whole different category because this scripture says the Lord will take up their case. So if, if, you're, if you mistreat me, then the Lord takes up my case, and it says, I will plunder those who plunder them. In other words, God will take care of my case with you. And so I don't have to, I think it, re, it relieves the church from that feeling, and a lot of people like the feeling that they run the church, that they should tell pastors and deacons or teachers or whatever, they should tell them what to do, you know, and they like that. But to me, it relieves a burden off of me. I don't need to watch out for you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, if you're if you're messing things up, then you said God called you, so that means you're accountable to Him. For what you do here, so there you go. Oh, now you're man. Big, now you're in uh. big trouble, man. You don't have to answer to me. All of a sudden, yeah. I'm getting really stressed out yeah. here, Rick. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, you better change your ways. <laughs> I mean, I did vote for you, right. so you know you should do what I say. I'm so. still trying to figure out who those no votes were to this yeah. day. By golly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I I could first for a certain amount of money I could tell you, but yeah. anyway, I always like to vote no just for fun. When I go to my pastors, <laughs> uh, things where we have to vote, I just I vote opposite just for fun. So there's always that who was that one no? Yeah. Hmm, I want I wanted to linger in the audience. <laughs> well, it was just me. I was just having fun with you, but <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and then he probably doesn't believe that right. because he thinks you're just trying to be nice. So. Uh, okay, moving on. Verse 9. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Uh, the King James says, give me an understanding heart. Uh, the King James also says between good and evil. Uh, the Hebrew talks about between good and evil. Uh, the Hebrew says it's a weighty nation, so it's not just the size but the, the responsibility. In other words, you know, all other nations are are uh, ruling maybe an ungodly nation, but David and Solomon are being asked to govern God's what we call God's people. So it's not just uh, any kingship here. This is God's people. And that discerning heart, understanding heart, that all transfers. Most of us have read that, give me wisdom. and And he's not... Honestly, and we'll see here that he's going to get far more than he even asked for. 
but he's not really even asking, oh, Lord, make me wise so that I make good decisions, so that I can make a lot of money, and make me wise so I'll know how to raise my kids. Or, uh, You know, it's really, he, he asks for the wisdom and the discerning heart to govern this great people of yours. In other words, you know, again, it goes back to you as a pastor. You know, you could ask for all kinds of things, but, you know, number one, when you come before the Lord and and you're going to become a pastor of a church, one of the things you ask for is, Lord, give me the wisdom to do the work of the church. Now, you know, all those other things are good to ask for too. But number one, in your job or whatever you want to, your ministry, uh, you should be seeking that God would help you to make right decisions here. There's yeah. times when people are going to come to you with questions and there's going to be uh, difficulties or complaints or whatever. Lord, give me wisdom to say the right thing. You know, that's, and I've spoken way too quick many times. <laughs> yeah. If I'd have let it go overnight, I'd have been all right. And there's just the natural, uh, as spiritual as we all want to sound, there's the natural tendency to want to ask for the latter than the former, mm-hmm. right? Is it, is, there's just the temptation to want to ask for uh, that I want to wake up and uh, rather than just say, for example, on a Sunday morning, Lord, I just pray that your will would be done and that mm-hmm. you would have authentic moments with your people today and that my words would hit those spots and places mm-hmm. that it needs to go. You know, that the natural temptation is like, oh man, I hope there's a lot of people here today. Oh, mm-hmm. oh man, I hope, there, hope there's a lot of money in the offering. Oh, okay, okay. I, ho- I hope everyone's really happy. Mm-hmm. I know. We get our... We get our mind away when it just when he's just asking for help to govern the people. You know, uh, the Lord was pleased. Verse ten: The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. Uh, and isn't that what we want to hear? Isn't that the bottom line? Lord, make me pleasing to you. You know, may you be pleased with my decision. You know, give me wisdom. And if I have wisdom from you, I'll make the right decision. And you'll be pleased. We use that scripture many times. Well done, that good and faithful servant. That's, you know, that's what we want to hear from, from him, that we've done the right thing. Um, and he, he doesn't, you know, the, the issue, and I don't think Solomon's playing a game here, but if he gets wisdom, other things will fall into place. And, and we'll see that again. That's, that's coming up too. But, um, uh, he would have the king's favor, and that's what you want. We want his favor in our life. Jeremiah nine twenty two and 23. Let the wise not be proud of his wisdom, and let the strong not be proud of his strength, and let the rich not be proud of his wealth. But he who wants to be proud, let him be proud of this, that he becomes enlightened and knows me, that I am the Lord who does justice and kindness in the world, for this is what I desire, says the Lord. So if you want to please him, you can go right back and read that. Uh, let him be proud of this, that he becomes enlightened. In other words, you have that wisdom. You see things and know me, and, and knowing him is not just believing in him, but that you know me, that I am the Lord who does justice and kindness in the world, for this is what I desire. All those other, you know, we can talk about all the different things in church that, oh, I bet God's happy with this. And I'll bet God's happy with that. But I think it comes down to some smaller things sometimes that he's, um, this is what I desire, you know, that you know me, that you're enlightened. 
Uh, verse 11, so God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administering justice. So since you've asked for this, and he's about to say, uh, you know, I'm going to give you even more than that. I'm going to grant that. But I, I thought about this in relationship, and I've used this example many times, with a rich young, young ruler in the New Testament when he came to uh, Jesus and said, what must I do? And he said, you know, keep the commandments. And he, well, I do that. And he said, sell everything you have and give it to the poor and come and follow me. And it says he went away sad because he was very rich. You know, a guy probably would say, okay, if he didn't have much. Mm-hmm. But he had much to, to lose in that sense. And so, but I've always wondered, and again, this is one of those, I'm going to ask God this when I get to heaven, but I have always wondered if the rich man had said, okay, and been willing, maybe Jesus would have said, never mind, you can keep it. Right. <laughs> I just needed to see if you were willing. Yeah. You know, and uh, I don't know if that's the way that story would go, but that's the way this story went. You know, you've asked for this, but I'm going to give you that and even more. So he may have, he may very well have said to that rich young ruler, you know, I didn't, I don't really want any of that. And I, I used to, I've used a story many times, but one time uh, there was a uh, missionary in Mexico and they were building, he was a director of the Way of the Cross Ministries and they were building him a house on the Way of the Cross property. And it was just a, a very simple house. It wasn't like they were building him a mansion or something, but uh, different people were different churches and stuff were buying different parts. You know, somebody would buy the windows and somebody would buy the framing. And so when we were there, they were needing the um, siding. So I just, by faith, you know, made a commitment that I would take care of that. Now, you know, I wasn't making a commitment to buy it myself because I really didn't have the money to buy it. <laughs> you know, it was at that time, I think it was probably $1,500. So when I came home, I, I called the guy that, you know, provides my siding for me. And I said, you know, do you have anything that's, and it was a Christian company that, um, that I was using, but I said, here's the circumstances. Do you have anything that could be donated? Like something that was, you know, out of stock, uh, changing colors. I said, it doesn't matter what color it is. The guy doesn't care. He's getting the house, you know, he doesn't care what color it is. So anyway, he said, well, let me check around. And he called me back and said, I don't have anything. We don't have anything. So I was at that point. It's like, you know, I, I'm going to have to buy this myself. <laughs> I mean, I made this commitment. Yeah. And I couldn't go ask somebody else because they would say, well, hey, we didn't promise to do it. You're the one that promised, you know. Right. <laughs> so I went to the lumber yard and I was standing there and they were looking up, you know, the siding and the prices. And so I said, uh, go ahead and order it. And when I said that, my phone rang, and it was the guy from the siding company, and he said, I found you something. And he said, all you have to do, you have to drive up to Bolivar to pick it up, but they're going to just, I said, well, how much? And he said, they're just going to donate it. So it was, it, it just had to do with my willingness to right. do it. <laughs> you know, at the last minute, the Lord came through and said, I appreciate that you're willing to do it, but I'm going to take care of it. That's you awesome. Know? So, God. Uh, you know, that's that's the way things go sometimes with the Lord. He may, and we shouldn't have that attitude either. Well, okay, maybe if I commit, right. maybe the Lord will come through at the last minute. 
And then when he doesn't come through, we're like, oh, man, I'm going to have to buy this now. I thought God would take care of it, you know, and we whine and cry. But uh, we just need that willingness to do things, and then sometimes we don't even have to do it, you know. And so uh, that's what happens here. So, uh, and the, the carnal desires, in other words, because he's saying since you haven't asked for these things, you didn't ask for a long life, you didn't ask for wealth, you didn't ask for uh, revenge on your enemies, uh, but he asked for discernment or wisdom. And the, the whole idea is that you, with wisdom, you'll probably have a longer life. You know, with wisdom, you'll know not to abuse your body. With wisdom, you'll know not to, uh, it, you know, drink excessively and ruin your liver. You'll know not to smoke and have lung cancer. You know, those are wise decisions, and there's uh, many other decisions that mm-hmm. will make your your life wise. Yeah. If you're not... If you don't drive crazy and take crazy risk and things, but God gives you wisdom to make the right decision, then you'll probably have long life anyway. And if you have wisdom, you'll have uh, probably have wealth or at least be able to provide. You know whether you're extremely wealthy or not. Yeah. But with wisdom, I'll make the right decisions in in job situations. With wisdom, I'll make the right decisions in buying a house to sell or building a or whatever. So, you know, some wisdom comes by experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, we gain wisdom by, uh, I may have more wisdom in a certain area because I've been involved in that most of my life where somebody that's 20 years old has watched a TV show on how to get rich quick. And, you know, they think they're being wise and, you know, and the Bible tells us to count the cost, you know, mm-hmm. in anything that we do. But, uh, and I know the, you know, I'm thinking of this as we're walking through this, that the Bible talks a lot about asking that, you mm-hmm. know, in, in New Testament here we're, and I think it's, it's okay. And it's good to ask. I think what I was thinking as we're walking through this, at least my mind is going to this place of like, well, what if I ask for the wrong thing? Mm-hmm. Am I going to be punished? What if I, I mean, I'm not Solomon. I mean, what if I, I wake up today and I ask of something from the Lord or for, and that wasn't the right thing. Am I going to get hammered? Am I going to get punished? Am mm-hmm. I, is there going to be repercussions? I think it's okay. God's, I think if you'll, you'll spend time with the Lord asking him, I think he'll walk you through that process and that with those conversations will become greater discernment with the Lord. And he'll, t- he'll teach you. He'd rather have you ask than not ask is right. what I'm trying to say is like, why don't you spend more time asking of the Lord right. regarding the things and the circumstances and the situations of your life. I mean, the God, you know, God says, you know, you don't have cause you don't ask. Mm-hmm. So, so ask. And I mean, yes, I think he's going to those things, uh, if they are absurd or, or whatever, I mean, it would be silly. You know, I could say, well, Lord, man, I really want, I really want a Tesla. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. what I want, Lord. Uh, and I think God will, uh, give you that or not, not give you that or rebuke you. He will do that if, if needed and he'll, he'll get you centered in the right place, but just ask rather than not asking. And that, and and that just that simple act of asking of the Lord is something that we just need, need, need to have as a simple practice in our life. Right. Well, we base, we base success on, it was God's will because I was successful. Yep. You know, and I, I, again, I've had many examples of things, but um, I, years ago I bought a house and probably one of my better investments because 
I remodeled it. And when I went to sell it, I took a house in on trade. And so this was, oh, 30 years ago, probably. I made $16,000 on the house by taking this other house in on trade. Well, $16,000 30 years ago, you know, was, man, that was a good profit. And so then the house I took in, I still have, and it's a rental house that's rented for $400 a month. So not only was I, did I get 16000 but I got 400 a month for the last 30 years. So it's been a great investment. Well, that house, I bought the house next door <laughs> to that house and remodeled it. And it was for sale for a year before I sold it. And I made zero yeah. on that house. <laughs> they were next door to each other. Now, I prayed about both of them. So... Was it God's will in the first one because I made money and not God's will in the second <laughs> one because I didn't? I don't believe that. I believe, you know, maybe I needed that because I'd be sitting here today as an example of how you can't count on things because of success Yeah. because there's lots of things that seem like failure that are still in God's plan for, for things. But so if nothing else, we've in, in part learned how much roughly – Rick makes a little bit. So did you get your calculator right. out there in the last yeah. minute? You're tallying that up. Right. So figure that up. Okay. How yeah. much is that in tithe? No. <laughs> yeah. And I've still got all that. I've still got all that money in a bag at home. <laughs> right. So, um, but, uh, but anyway, you get long life, you get wealth uh, with wisdom. And then the other thing it was talking about was, you know, the death that uh, you didn't ask for death of your enemies. In other words, you didn't ask for peace, but I'm going to give you peace. And that's, uh, that is one of the, huge things in our life is to have peace. You know, yes. you can have money and you can have health. You can have all kinds of things in your life, but with no peace, it's it, none of it is fulfilling. And I, some people will argue the, the point, but when Job said the thing that I feared most has come upon me, people will stop right there and say, well, Job was sitting around worried about losing his money. And the very thing he was afraid of, he, he lost, and he was afraid he was going to lose his, his wealth and his, his cattle and his family. And it was like, do you really think that Job was that big of a warrior? I mean, it says he was the greatest <laughs> yeah. man in the East. I don't think God would say that about someone who sat and fretted about losing all of the. You'd be so in love with your possessions that that's what you thought. But if you read that verse, it says, um, the thing that that I feared the most has come upon me. And the very next verse says, I have no peace. And I think that's what he was talking about. I don't, I really don't believe it was about losing his money and his, his position. I think it was about losing his peace. That's what he feared the most. And so for all of us to, to fear, uh, losing the peace in our life, I'd rather have that than all kinds of money in a, in, in any situation. So, um, we're, Probably about somewhere to wind up, you think? Yes, sir. Okay. We'll stop there. All right. Well, I guess we, we need wisdom today, don't we, guys, in our life? And asking God, number one, asking God, asking God for the right things. And uh, so do that today. Why don't you apply that to your own spiritual life and saying, Lord, I just a- ask God, you know, it, 
And again, it's, it's simple, but it's something that I need to do more and more, whether it's with my, my marriage, whether it's with my children, my family, my church, my, your job, whatever those things are. Why don't you just ask the Lord today for wisdom and discernment in the things that you have going on in life? I know that we're all in different places. We're in different phases, different seasons of our life, but God is faithful. He wants to walk with us through each and every one of those seasons of life. So guys, thanks for joining us today on the Grace Point Daily Podcast. We will talk to you next time. Thank you